welcome to Strip Money Conversations. Welcome to a place where anybody can learn and talk about money. Whether you're established or just entering the working world, welcome to a place where our conversations are not based on your bank balance, but based on your unique needs and ambitions. My name is Lungile Mashiro and I am your host and go-to girl with all things money-related. Welcome to the very first episode of Season 3. I'm very excited to be back and while I was away, I had a look at topic suggestions from you guys, the Strip Money Conversations family, and what came across very strongly was, how do I finance my business as an SME? I'm not going to lie, that was a surprise. I was expecting, you know, personal finance questions because that's what we normally deal with on this show. But having done some research, it is clear that there has been a rise in small businesses in South Africa, which could be brought about by the pandemic or really that young people are starting to grab the bull by the horns and starting to put action behind our ideas. But having said that, business owners often don't have the capital to make the most of current opportunities. To make matters worse, when they seek finance, most traditional banks and funders base their application approval on past performance. This results in many applications being denied and the capital injection that could have really ignited a prosperous future in business punished. So to unpack this, joining me in conversation today is Brent Geddes, CEO of Gettys Capital, as well as Warren Dietz, who is the CIO of Gettys Capital. Welcome to Strip Money Conversations, gentlemen. How are you doing today? Uh, we very well, thanks. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're great. Awesome. So maybe just to kick off the show, tell us about Gettys Capital. What do you do and why do you think this in- conversation is important? Okay, well, I mean, Gettys Capital started about five years ago. Uh, it was three guys who wanted to, to do something together, uh, and we knew it was something to do in the SME space uh, and getting involved uh, with SMEs. Originally, we actually wanted to invest in, it, in, in the SMEs, and we sort of quickly qu- quite worked out that, you know, to take equity stakes in SMEs and get deals across the line just took very long and was very difficult. Mm. Um, In that process, uh, we actually came across someone who said to us, listen, I know you guys aren't looking at debt opportunities, but there is an SME. Uh, He's looking to borrow some money and he's uh, got some security that he's prepared to to offer for that that loan. Okay. We looked at the the opportunity, thought uh, we're a little bit wet behind the ears, but let's, uh, let's have a go and see where it takes us. Uh, and that was in January 2018, and we haven't looked back since. Oh, cool. Since then, yeah, since then, we've kind of uh, branched into a number of different debt products, and that's pretty much purely what we uh, focus on. Uh, we offer the secured lending, uh, where people have security uh, to offer us. We offer invoice discounting, where people can use their debtors book as uh, security. Okay. We then do trade, trade finance. And more recently, we've incorporated inventory finance for uh, companies and small businesses that sell online. I think, you know, I think we try to be responsive to our clients' needs. Um, well, our first, our first uh, opportunity, our first deal was, was a vanilla deal. And then each time, uh, each time a new customer comes, you know, we get vanilla deals and then we get some chop chip deals and we kind of have to develop and grow and, and we love innovating. So there's, there's just always an opportunity to do something more creative. And I think that's kind of, where we've grown over the last five years is in the innovation space. 
Yeah, one hundred percent. And we've also realised that there's an enormous opportunity out there to actually get involved in lending to to yeah. SMEs. I very mean, I think so. it's a very very underserviced market, and we're yeah. here to help. That sounds amazing. And maybe Warren, you can unpack for us. What are some of the biggest challenges facing SMEs right now? I think you guys are in the call phase. You understand what people are going through and you've got customers coming to you on a daily basis. What are the challenges? I mean, well, what isn't a challenge when you're an SME owner? Right? <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, it's, you know, it, it looks all good on paper and the spreadsheets always look fantastic. But, um, you know, the, the, the truth is that, that being an SME owner is a challenging space. And I think a lot of people always have this fantasy of leaving their job and going to start their businesses, mm. but it's more work. Are you sure you don't have that boss staring down at you, but you're working more hours. You work Saturdays, you work Sundays, and it now becomes your blood, sweat, and tears. And it, it, it has much more of an emotional um, uh, attachment for, for SME owners. That being said, um, the greatest challenge for an SME is to become a big business. And, you know, moving from that small and medium space requires the support of the players in the economy. And unfortunately, most of the other players, the funders, the banks don't have the vision to invest in companies that don't have a track record, don't have a long track record. Yeah. And I think that, that ends up being a massive challenge. I also think that, you know, the South African economy is challenging. It has its speed bumps. We, we get rocked more than, than other countries um, in the rest of the world just, just because of the nature of our economy. You know, the fuel price issues here have definitely hurt, hurt players out there. Ironically, our fuel is cheaper than um, most countries in the rest of the world, but it still is very, very challenging for our customers. And, and we understand this. I mean, we go through the same challenges. We're arguably an SME as well. Um, so we're seeing it every day. And, and I think keeping your head about you, enjoying the challenge, knowing that if you are good at what you do and you focus under these challenges, there is a much greater opportunity to succeed. Uh, you know, if it was easy, everybody would be doing this. If I could have one more thing, it's obviously yeah. hiring the right, right people and having yes. the right people. I think that's, that's what we've realized is very, very critical uh, to a business. So partnering with the right people, hiring the right people who are also as focused on growing the business as yourself. Mm. You know, I've listened to many, many interviews of entrepreneurs, and I've had a few on this podcast as well. And the one thing that they often talk about is how they struggled to get funding. Why do businesses, small businesses, struggle so much just to get funding in South Africa? Banks are large machines that have, they have formulaic lending. This, you know, we keep using the word cookie cutter molds. And unfortunately, unless a business falls directly into that cookie cutter mold, they don't want to lend. Um, it's just not worth the risk. It's not worth their effort to go and look at the complexities of, of, um, of the businesses. And I'm not taking anything away from the banks. They, they do support the businesses very well. But you, you require much more of a personal touch and much more of a deep understanding of SMEs if you're going to lend to them. Because they don't have a 15-year track record. They don't necessarily have profitability. And this focus on the past is, is a challenge. You need to focus on the future of the businesses, see the opportunities, understand the players. The most important person in the business, and I'm kind of patting Brent on the shoulder here, is, is the CEO. Like Jockey there is important. And I just don't think the banks take the time to understand them. And, and as such, the SMEs don't get the access to the funding they would like. I mean, there's a whole host of other reasons that I can talk about. You know, there's a lot of fraud in the space, which, again, mm. the response the response from most 
lenders, if it smells like fraud, is to immediately walk away. Um, and listen, I, I don't I don't judge them for that. But I think in a lot of instances, I think doing a little bit more work with the SME as to how to frame themselves correctly to get funding and to make sure little things like taxes up to date, um, make sure that, that you're always paying rates, that you're always paying, that you always have up to date accounts. These little things make a huge difference when an SME um, is going for funding. Um, yeah, we, we just try and work with our with our customers to do that. And I think it's just it's a little bit of a misunderstanding. You need to have your house in order um, to get funding. Okay. Um, I think those are good tips in terms of how businesses or SMEs can overcome their funding challenges. But you know, I also went through your guys' website and you talk about that you're more excited about a business's future than you are about its past. And you've mentioned that a bit as well. So tell me, what makes Getter's Capital different to a bank? I think uh, the, the main the, the main difference is obviously that we are focused on SMEs and we go to extreme lengths to really meet the business owners, go to site, understand their businesses and try stru- structure something that will work for them. I mean, the good thing about the banks is that they provide an enormous infrastructure mm-hmm. in our society for us to actually lend and do our business. But, you know, for SME to actually go to them, as Warren mentioned earlier, one, they struggle to understand the space and it's not worth their time and energy, but they're also very slow with lots of different credit committees and often different processes. And so it can take months and months and months, if, if, if at all, to ever get something from a bank. So one of the biggest differences between a bank and ourselves is, one, it's understanding the space, but two, it's, you know, doing in a time frame that can actually match the SME's need. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with Brent in that. And, and you know, I, I don't want to, GC is not unique out there. There are other players. And if it, we don't want this to sound like a, a contrived advert for our company. I think it's important <laughs> that SMEs, because yeah, you know anyone's listening, oh, well, that's laboratorial, right? Yeah. But no, there's lots of people out there. We want SMEs to know that they can go to other places to, to borrow money. We're, we're so focused on seeing our economy grow. And the only way it's going to grow, I think, what, what, do, you, what do you always call the SMEs are the... Uh, are the kind of the engine, engine growth, the engine yeah. of our of of the future of South Africa's growth, and if we grow the economy, we all are better off. We 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 fundamentally understand that we're in this together, so we want people to know there are places to go. If your bank is not going to help you, start speaking to other lenders. Make sure you go to the ones that are are, are reputable, that that mm. have a good operation, have good reviews. Because listen, there are let's call them sharks out there, and you must avoid um, them. And and the other thing to think about is that. As Brent touched on, this banks take a long time to make a decision. You know, don't don't underestimate the four months that I, that that it'll take. Sure, at least to get funded. Yeah. And where we can also help, and where 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 our competitors are like us, is we do it quickly. Yes, yeah. it's a it's a more expensive rate, but to be able to get your funding in two to three days to take on an opportunity as a, and then be replaced by the banks is a great is a great asset for companies uh, to be able to use. So we just want we want SMEs to know there are options out there. Mm. And yeah, and while you are talking to your banks and 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 going through that process, you know, you can also speak to these alternate lenders in parallel with that. Um, yeah. And don't wait until yeah, don't wait until the last minutes. I mean, uh, you've got to engage with the banks, you've got to engage with the alternate lenders and build up that relationship. So when it's you know, time to actually, or you do, do need that money, um, the money can be there for you. Yeah, a desperate client is never going to get money. You, you've got to have time. You've got to be calm. You've got to have options. That, that's the best way to get funding. Thank you for that. But I just want to talk on, you know, 
the comment that you said about make sure they are reputable. So if somebody is listening to this podcast and they're looking at alternative lenders to, to banks, how do I ascertain that, you know, I'm talking to the right people, they're not going to swindle me of my, my money, my assets, et cetera. How do I make that assessment? Lungile, I think that's a superb question. And, uh, you know, it, nothing is comprehensive, obviously. Mm. Um, the best way to start is to look at look at reviews, look at their websites, contact them. Quite frankly, go to their bricks and mortar offices to see if mm. they exist. Find someone who's borrowed from them before. Find a name you can recognize. Like you, you, you can't, you can't, you obviously cannot do all the necessary work. But what I would also suggest is, if you have an attorney, if you're an SME and have an attorney friend or an attorney, please make sure someone reviews your documents uh, just to make sure there aren't any funny clauses in there or anything that's very draconian that can be yeah. that can be huge going forward because there are there definitely will be cancellation clauses buried in there that you've got 12 months notice for cancellation or you know you have to keep the money for a certain period of time these things while are totally legal and they're, and they're, they're totally by board but if you don't review your documents properly um, you could well be in a tough situation. Now, they, they, that does come with cost. But if you're borrowing two million rand, spending two thousand rand to make sure that your documents uh, are appropriate um, is absolutely uh, is absolutely worth it. Um, yeah, and otherwise, go for the names you recognise. Go for the people you've heard of before. Call them up, check them out, speak to them. Have, make sure there's a personal touch. Mm. Yeah, there's also a lot in terms of um, accreditations that uh, people can Very have sure. op- op- options to them. So maybe let's unpack what funding products are available for SMEs. Brent? Okay, there's uh, actually a a load out there that uh, I think you would be quite surprised by. So, you know, it starts all the way from, you know, quite sort of high risk, but quite expensive uh, options of purchase order finance and inventory finance, uh, where there's actually very little security that's required other than the purchase order document or the inventory that you may want to finance. Um, uh, you know, and there's certain uh, people and lenders out there that actually uh, focus on that space. Uh, and then you move to sort of your more sort of general unsecured short and medium term loans. Uh, that's usually for sort of smaller amounts and for shorter periods. If funders are looking for slightly uh, cheaper loans, slightly longer term funding um, options, there's the lenders like ourselves who really specialize in the more sort of secured space. Uh, so if you've got security uh, to, to give us, and we're very innovative around the type of security we take. So it's not necessarily just, just have to have a, an unencumbered property. We will look at various different types of security and we're prepared to, to work with the SME to find something that, that we feel comfortable with. Uh, and then, you know, to things like if they don't have uh, a sort of hard type security, if that business has a nice diversified debtors book with well, good blue chip paying debtors, uh, they can use that debtors book. It really has value uh, to provide them with an invoice discounting uh, facility, which can act very much like a bank overdraft. So, you know, in short, there's there's various different options available for SMEs, and lots lots of different providers providing these different products. Yeah, I think where you look for the creativity in the um, in the SME space, and I think that the where 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 alt lenders tend to differentiate themselves is is how they look at risk. Mm. Um, and what what assets they can use as security and and how they can manage um, 
the perceived risk of clients. It's, it's a really creative space, actually. Um, and to continue to look for guys who are doing clever things. And, and as Brent says, I mean, you know, we, we've taken sheep as security before, um, which was which was an interesting one. I didn't know what if the client was going to default, if I was going to have 2,500 <laughs> sheep in my, in my garden. Be a tough conversation with my wife, that's for sure. Um, listen, there's people who are even more creative than us out there looking at it, looking at creative stock and whatever assets you have, maybe a potential and the problem and it kind of goes back to my previous question the problem is that when you go to a bank you you go to them and you have to give them all the answers i have this this is what i'm prepared to give you whereas when you go to alt um lenders and, and especially us you can come to us and say this is the problem i need to solve and then we actually work with you and go through your assets and go well we can use this we can use this this is this is this is something you can do or if it doesn't work for us we'll pass you on to someone who, who is better in that space and I think that's a key difference between um, the old lenders and banks as well. Oh, that's amazing because, you know, a lot of the SMEs really don't know. There's a, um, a big shortage of knowledge in, you know, with, with people who run businesses. And if you're saying that, you know, going with an alternative like you guys, Giddies, um, you can get expert advice and consultation in that process to make sure that you make the best out of your money or your 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 growth decision. It sounds like a no-brainer to me, but hey, who am I? <laughs> Lundile, I, I know your listeners are going to listen. Just call us. Even if you don't know necessarily, if you, even if you don't want to use Getters as a, as a mm. funder, call us. We are happy to chat to you. We're happy to advise you on where you can go. And great, if we can solve your problem directly here, we will. Or if you don't even know what your problem is, Mm. you've got our website call us and the one thing i think that is a big benefit that we haven't spoken about yet is that once you've actually got funding from an alternate lender like ourselves and a bank can see that you've serviced your loan that you've kind of been a good client you become bankable and it's amazing and you get much cheaper funding in (laughs) six or 12 months time so you couldn't get bank funding a year ago but come to alternate lender you pay the sort of slightly higher rates for a six months or 12 month period, uh, and you actually make yourself bankable in that process. They're continually coming to try and eat our lunch, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> what does a conversation with you with you guys look like? You know, we talked about, you know, if you go to a bank, um, you have to have all your papers in order, your tax documents, you know, like your business plan, et cetera, and your historic documents. And obviously, um, you, you, you've said that a conversation with you guys would be more personal. You, you would more try to understand. So I'm envisioning Dragon's Den, right? You guys have watched Dragon's Den where you have to pitch for your business. Is that how I have to come to, to chat to you guys? Do I have to prepare like, you know, what is my business? What is the future? And this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> No, I, I hope not. I, yeah. I, I hope we're yeah. a lot more friendly than that. We yeah, always, if there's a review out there like that, please <laughs> let us know. <laughs> we, we like to uh, we like to call ourselves sort of like the friendly shorts and t-shirts bankers. Out there. Okay. So you know we like. I do to, often have to tell Brent to wear jeans instead of shorts to work. <laughs> so I mean, we are very approachable. Uh, we you know no businesses uh, sort of too necessarily too small for us to sort of speak to and at least bounce ideas off and that kind of thing. So give us a call. We'll do an MS Teams meeting. If you want to come pop into the office, uh, we're very happy to kind of talk to you and see what your, your issues are and see how much money you require and see if we can structure something and do something. And as Warren mentioned, if, if we can't help, we definitely know a host of other people who potentially could. Yeah, we, we really hate saying no to a deal. Look, it happens and it's important. In fact, 
often saying no to to someone is saving them money because you don't you don't want to lend money to someone who can't afford the debt and that's just an mm. unfortunate reality maybe let's touch on that a little bit why would you say no to somebody who's coming to look for for funding uh, there's a whole host of reasons i mean we could take we could take the the, the easy ones first any anything that is that is clearly fraudulent um mm. obviously we, we have to and and it's a sad fact of our space we have to we we do a huge, a huge amount of checking and verification. It's just a, mm-hmm. it's a natural necessity for, for the business. Um, we typically say no if we don't think we're the experts in the space. Um, if it's a product that we don't provide and we know someone else can provide it um, at a significantly better rate, we just we just don't want to we don't want to get involved there because it's just going to be an arduous process for the client. We'll be charging the wrong price. And they're just going to be upset with us. Yeah. Um, we and we take yeah we take security uh, you know but you know we're not the type of people that ever want to perfect on our security Absolutely you know not, we right. we want this deal to be successful so you know we have our three points of a triangle which is the jockey and the person that we're backing mm-hmm. the security they offer and the, the cash flow to service alone and the cash flow to service alone and making sure that these guys can actually afford to pay the the facility is, is incredibly important because you know we just want to avoid any um, horrible situations so you know if 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 that doesn't look like it's gonna work then we'd rather sort of point in a different direction yeah i think i think that's important we'll often be honest and say look i don't think you can afford the debt um and we don't want to be a bank we don't we will look at absolutely every opportunity to assist but sometimes you're doing more good than 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 bad by saying no um our best option is if it doesn't work for us to, to show it to someone who's who's um good at something else in the space and we, we tend to have close relationships with our uh, with our competitors out there, because I think it's naturally a, it's a team game. Okay, gotcha. All right. So we've talked about how SMEs, the various types of credit that they can take. But if somebody's thinking about growing their business, I've got a, an online shop, but I really want to grow my inventory. I can see that I've got a lot of customers coming through, but I'm looking for funding because I can't fund all of this on my own. Is it better for me? to take debt from a lender to grow or sell some of the equity in my business? My view is that obviously debt is always always preferred. And I think it also goes to the uh, speak to the life cycle of an SME and depending on where you are in that process. So when you're starting out and you've got an idea, I mean, it's, it's very unbankable. Not even the alternate lenders are really going to be no, interested. No but, you know, you, you, you need to have friends and family funding. And that often can involve selling a piece of your equity initially to get that initial capital uh, to start. I and mean, Warren and I always say, you, you need to afford to be an entrepreneur. Yes, you know, because you do need that, that first initial bit of yeah. capital to kind of get you going. But, and then but once you start rolling and that engine starts growing, um, and you, you, you require more, more um, funding for working capital and stock and all the rest of it, uh, then I would suggest rather opting for debt uh, as much as you can to uplift the growth of your business to really increase that value. And then after you've put in those hard years and built up the value in five or 10 years time where your business is really worth something, then if you want to kind of, uh, you know, uh, eat the fruits of your labor, as it were, uh, to sell some equity at that point in time. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Brent on that. I think if you can get debt, take debt, especially in the beginning, um, and you're not looking to exit from uh, from from the fruits of your labor. I, I do think there is a time when equity is important because I think it creates, it takes, arguably it takes an SME to a big company again. And that's usually the next stage um, um, of a company's growth. And I think 
it creates credibility for the company, creates an element of professionalism, especially in business that was started in, um, in sort of your personal capacity out of your garage. By bringing external investors, there are added benefits of, of, um, of, of turning into a real business. I'm, I'm holding up um, double quotes in my hands there, but I think that's important. But until then, take debt if you can get it okay. at the right price. Of course. I think there there are a lot of people trying to to start businesses um, these days, and I think um, I was given some advice uh, many years ago um, from a, when I was in the corporate days, and um, the, the message there was: think big, start small, and most importantly, start now. So you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's get get going, register your company. Uh, take it seriously uh, and don't think the market's going to come to you. You know, you've got to try everything you can to, to grow your business and do what you have to do and be nimble. So if there are, you know, if, if the things that the, the business isn't doing well at or things are hitting into a brick wall somewhere else, then, then pivot into something else. You know, just like in terms of our history, you're sort of moving from the equity space to the debt space and pivoting there. Um, that's often what's required for an SME to ultimately become, uh, become successful. Yeah, and I think you touched on it earlier as well, Brent. People hiring is hiring is just fundamental. You, you have to you have to people who share your vision. You have to create a culture in in, in your business that suits the business itself. It, it's just so important. And and I think the other thing is don't get caught up in the doom and gloom. It's so easy to read the news and get caught up in the doom and gloom, especially in South Africa. We love being gloomy about the future of the country. And there is nothing about that that is productive. It is totally unproductive. And I, I, like, if you're pessimistic, you are never going to see opportunities. You're never going to jump in. You're never going to take those chances that can pay off. And I think it, if I could just say that's to me the most important thing. It's the reason we do business in South Africa. Yes, it's a more challenging environment, but we know that if we're good at it, there's more opportunity to, to profit in this space. And I think everybody has to have that positive mental attitude. It doesn't mean that you have to be naive, but you've got to maintain your positivity. You've got to have challenges. You've got to have speed bumps. It, it, you know, I think I said it before, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Absolutely. Ensuring you can get funding is again so important yeah. to do your 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 basics right with the business. You know, you've got to get your fundamentals done properly. So make sure your banking is done properly and you're running proper uh, business expenses through through your banks and not trying to mix your personal and banking uh, relationships. Mm. Um, keeping proper accounting records, proper tax returns, paying your taxes on time. I mean, it's it's an amazing what a difference when we see financials and guys are actually paying tax. Um, it's uh, it goes a long way to show that they're taking the business seriously and that they actually are making money. Okay, yeah, it's just, it's, like, keep your house in order, like, all of that stuff. It just make make. I know it's sometimes difficult. I know there's a lot of operational challenges. Just when when you're when you're trying to grow your business, you do sometimes miss the minutia. Have a partner, hire someone who can maintain that and keep uh, uh, keep some order in the business. I hear you. So you know, there's a lot of people who are. I mean, it's South Africa, we're in 2022 and um, hustle culture is big. People are, you know, having side hustles to just supplement their their day jobs. Is it easy for somebody to get funding for their side hustle? (laughs) Uh, Short answer is no, but I think you want some more detail around (laughs) that. Um, Yeah, so so we noticed that um, about a year ago, actually, that Mm. there's, there's definitely... 
and the side hustle is is growing. I think it's I think it's a global phenomenon. Um, mm. actually. And uh, we actually uh, and again it sounds like an editorial, but we started a, a business um, uh, called Retail Rocket, uh, which actually funds side hustles. It, it specifically um, looks at people who are selling uh, products on on online marketplaces. Um, and finds ways to fund these businesses. And these businesses are small. People are selling 50,000, a month. Banks won't assist, especially because it's a side house. And we actually created a product around that um, to solve a problem for a specific client. Because these guys are actually doing very well. Yes. And the problem that they're having is that they've got some stock and it's selling quite nicely, but they don't have money to buy more stock. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and again, any of our competitors listening, just, just don't listen to this part, okay? Um, so there's a, real, there's a real opportunity out there um, to, to help these guys. Um, but in general, it's, it's, it's extremely difficult, but it's a part-time job and you, um, you, you will struggle um, to get that off the ground. And, and when you want to make a side hustle, your main hustle, that's, that's the real next move, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think we need to talk about the side hustle business a little bit more. Maybe I'll have you guys come back. <laughs> <laughs> to wrap up, maybe let's talk about um, what does the future hold for SMEs in South Africa, Warren? I think there's going to be more innovation in the space. It's an underbanked space. It is a large part of our economy. It is inevitable that more and more smart people will come into the space and provide services to SMEs. I think it can only get it can only get easier for good SMEs to succeed. Um, and I'm very specific about my wording there is that I think there's going to be more people moving into the SME space. There's going to be more competition, but I think there's going to be a much better support structure out there. I can only think finance will continue to innovate um, as it always does and provide better solutions and quicker solutions. So I, I think that's great. Listen, I, I personally think there's a couple of challenging um, years coming through in the economy myself, um, just globally, um, I don't want to get bogged down in that. And the only thing I can say is that you can make money in good times, you can make money in bad times. You just need to know which time. And that's that's very important. In, in bullish markets, there's, there's different ways to manage your business from bearish markets, um, but there's always an opportunity to make money if you have your eyes open. Yeah, and I'm actually I'm rather positive on South Africa specifically. Uh, and if you compare, I mean, I don't know when when last South Africa's inflation rate was lower than the US or the UK. <laughs> uh, so I think we we must be doing some things right. Yeah, I, th- I must say that I think emerging markets over developed markets um, will very much outperform going forward. Um, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of reasons, and I won't won't bore everyone with all the all the uh, the macroeconomic uh, stuff. But the truth of the matter is that emerging markets have a much better return. It actually weirdly looks like the risk premium for emerging markets is coming down versus the rest of the world, and, and South Africa is very well positioned for that. Mm-hmm. As long as we can stop importing um, inflation through fuel prices um, and uh, a weakening czar, I think we're I think we're in a great position to have a, a nice comparative bull run against the rest of the world. Agreed. And um, one interesting thing to think about is actually population growth around the world. If you're thinking about um, Africa versus uh, developed markets, is, um, I saw a statistic recently: the the average fertility rate in developed markets and China as well is about one point six, which means each couple is having one point six children. That means yes, the population is going up, but it's going to taper off very very quickly. The only reason the population is going up is people are living longer. Now, economies grow because of population, whereas developing markets are still very much having growing populations younger populations, more entrepreneurial populations. And, and that's a great long-term play for anything in Africa and, and the emerging world. And that's why we're incredibly bullish about the space. Um, you know, it's not going to happen tomorrow, but over the next 
20, 30 years. I think there's a real profit. Um, there's a real profit opportunity to get into into those economies. I agree. I think the world is really starting to look to Africa for a lot of solutions. So I think this is a great opportunity for people. If you're thinking about something, start. You don't know what you're going to get from it. And just to wrap up, the show is called Strip Money Conversations. And what I normally get my guests to do at the end of every show is to strip down one money term relating to the topic that we spoke about just to make it less confusing for the audience who is interested in that topic. So I'm going to start with you, Warren. Can you strip down one money term in the SME funding landscape just to make it easier for people to understand? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you caught me off guard there. I have one. Great. You jump in, Brent. Okay. <laughs> Invoice discounting. So invoice discounting is a concept that maybe many SMEs won't uh, understand and won't realize the value it can add to their business. So invoice discounting can also be referred to as something called factoring. Uh, And what that uh, essentially means is if you have, or the SME has uh, an invoice for 100 Rand, so it is delivered 100 Rand with the product to a customer, they can go to an invoice discounting financier like ourselves and we can pay out a portion of that invoice to them in cash today that you that they can use for their business. And when the customer pays in thirty or sixty days' time, we take our uh, we'll still take our portion that we've already paid before plus a small fee, and the balance goes back to the business owner. That's amazing. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, I mean, this product I can act like a bank overdraft. Okay. So, Lugula, I actually thought of some one that's important to distinguish them. I'm sorry if this is. Uh, if this is obvious to, to some of, our, uh, of your listeners, but I think what, what is really important is to understand the difference between having cash flow and having profit. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something that uh, SMEs sometimes miss is just because you're profitable doesn't mean you've got cash. Um, and what, what that is, is that you're making money, but you're continuously reinvesting it into trying to grow your business, buying more and more stock, um, giving your customers uh, longer payment terms. And, and that's key to why you often need money. Like going, going to the bank and borrowing money doesn't mean you're unsuccessful. It just means that you pumped all your cash into growing your business. You need more to grow your business even further. And it's very important that while you are focusing on profit, you're also focusing on cash flow. They're two very separate things that need to be managed individually. Amazing. Thank you so much for that information. I think this has been such a fruitful conversation, but I think we need to talk a little bit more. So I look forward to having you guys back one day. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you. That'll be great. Thank you so much for your time. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure that you hit the subscribe button and leave us a comment and tell us exactly what you thought. If you want to catch up with us, please find us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Strip Money Conversations and we'll be right there.